Patricia. This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. Firstly, apologies for the quality of the recording. Two weeks ago, there were quite a few issues. We were having issues with our equipment and we've all got our fingers crossed tonight that the issues have been resolved. We also have an impromptu team because the regular team are either on holiday or working. So we have... Roberta, Moira, Yule and Ken with us, along with myself. This production is for weekending Saturday the 12th of August. On behalf of everyone here on the Craigavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, six set sites on peak feet, and from the Lurgan Mail, 350 patients' care changed. Now it's over to Roberta, who brings you our first story. A Portadown man and five determined friends are behind a monumental challenge on Sunday, August 13th, scaling the highest peaks in the Mourne Mountains within 12 hours to raise funds for mental health services. A team of five NI locals and an honorary Kiwi known as Peaking in Our Forties is taking on the Seven Sevens Challenge, to support a were NI, a decision born of their shared love for the Mourns, further fueled by the desire to support a cause meaningful to all. We all have busy work and family lives, said Dwayne Stewart from Portadown, so getting to the mountains on scheduled weekends became a good way to dedicate time to hiking in small groups and get a good chat and catch up at the same time. They were all familiar with Aware NI's dedication to mental health support in Northern Ireland and the pandemic's impact on mental health and the experiences of their loved ones further inspired their support. We all recognise that many people find it difficult to adjust to the world they find themselves in and then readjusting to normal life again afterwards, said Duane. So many people across all walks of life experienced mental health issues as a direct or indirect result. Months of preparation ensued involving regular mountain hikes, but with the challenge fast approaching, Duane and another team member recently encountered a setback, including an ankle injury, preventing them from participating in the main event. Despite their disappointment, they remain actively involved. Leslie Wright, Community and Events Officer, at Aware NI said, we are thrilled to see the guys taking the Seven Mourns Challenge to benefit Aware NI. The group initially aimed to raise £2,000 through their online fundraising page, but overwhelming support saw those expectations surpassed. They have since increased their goal to 3000 with donations pouring in from friends, family, colleagues and their sporting club networks. Said Duane, if the money raised only helped a handful of people out of difficult mental health issues and assisted them turning things round in the future through Aware NI support, then we would be delighted that in some small way this group made a positive difference in someone else's life. 350 patients care changed. The Department of Health has welcomed the publication by the Southern Health and Social Care Trust of the first outcomes report of the Urology Look Back Review. The Urology Look Back Review was initiated by the Southern Trust following concerns about the clinical practice of the now-retired consultant and urologist Mr Aidan O'Brien. The outcomes report shows 2,000 112 patients have had their records examined, 527 of which were identified as requiring an appointment with Southern Trust Urology Consultant. Following review, 352 of these patients required a change in their care and treatment. The remaining 175 patients did not have any change. The Southern Trust also yesterday announced that the review will be extended to include patients who were treated by Mr O'Brien for urology cancer or treated for renal stone disease who are alive today 
and have not already had their care reviewed. Any private patients of Mr. O'Brien who may be concerned about any aspect of urology care and treatment and would like to be included in the review are asked to contact the Southern Trust. The Department of Health said it again wishes to acknowledge the upset, distress and anxiety that these matters have caused to the patients and families affected. It says it remains committed to improving patient safety by learning from the circumstances that led to this look-back review and for this reason established the independent public inquiry into urology services in the Southern Health and Social Care Trust. The inquiry is chaired by Christine Smith KC and will recommence hearing from witnesses in September 2023. The Rotochemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 13th of August, the chemist is Boots of Thomas Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, Monday the 14th of May, the chemist is Orchard of Mandeville Street, open until 7pm. There is no Rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 13th of August. The chemist is Gordon of Market Street, open from 7 to 8 p.m. Next week, from Monday the 14th, the chemist is Partridge of High Street, open until 7 p.m. There is no rotochemist chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Crime. Case put back. The case against a teenager facing charges including blackmail and sexual communication with a child has been adjourned until the 1st of September. Max Hollingsby of Orient Circle Lurgan faces charges dating from October 2022 including blackmail, possessing an indecent photograph, distributing indecent photos of a child, sexual communication with a child improper use of public electronic communications and persistent improper use of communications causing anxiety. A prosecutor told Craigavon Magistrate's Court on Friday, the investigating officer has been in touch with our office and noted that some of the injured parties are in other jurisdictions, so gathering statements is taking some time. The file has been allocated to a senior prosecutor in the Serious Crime Unit, so is being kept under review. A 31-year-old man who bit a policeman's thumb and finger has been given a three-month jail term. Appearing before Craigavon Magistrates Court via video link from McGabry Prison was Michael Redmond Doran of William Street, Donaclone. Doran was accused of disorderly behaviour, common assault Assault on police and criminal damage on June the 21st this year. He pleaded guilty to all the charges. A prosecutor said that on June the 21st at around 10pm, police attended the defendant's home address. The defendant appeared to be under the influence of alcohol or drugs, she said. Police could smell alcohol from him. His speech is described as being slurred and he wasn't making much sense. Police were alerted to a fire coming from the rear of the property. The prosecutor told the court that the police observed the defendant shouting at and striking the injured party. The defendant was arrested for common assault. His behaviour became more erratic, she continued. He began shouting and attempted to headbutt a police officer. He was then arrested for disorderly behaviour. And whilst in the police car, he attempted to bite an officer. He then proceeded to bite his thumb and middle finger, causing injury to the officer. The prosecutor added that while the defendant was being transported in a cell van, he continually spat in the van. He was further arrested for assault on police criminal damage. A compensation order is being sought for £67.68 for cleaning the cell van. Doran solicitor Pat Vernon said his client was the person who rang the police about an unrelated domestic situation. When the police came to his house, They were talking to him and then smoke was then seen coming from his house. 
The injured party in relation to the common assault came running out of the house, said Mr Vernon, adding that his client, rightly or wrongly, assumed the injured party was behind the fire in his house and reacted. He was agitated in relation to the original domestic incident. The police then reacted to him assaulting the injured party. He became even more agitated because after being the one who rang the police originally, he is the one who ended up being arrested. He accepts he overreacted. He has been in custody for 66 weeks since June the 23rd, said Mr Vernon, adding that his client didn't have the best record but had nothing similar in the preceding five years. District Judge uh, Bernie Kelly told Doran, I'm not going to seek a pre-sentence report for the simple reason that you've already spent, as your solicitor has pointed out, the equivalent of three months' sentence in custody, and I think you're entitled to get the benefit of that, so I'm not going to delay sentencing by ordering a pre-sentence report. Accordingly, I am going to certify all the sentences before this court as so serious that there's only one penalty I can impose. I will impose a period of three months in respect of each of the charges, all periods of custody to run concurrently with each other, and attach the £25 offenders levy to the first of those charges. No collection order for the £25 levy. A Lurgan lorry driver has been fined and banned after pleading guilty to drink driving. Craigavon Magistrates Court heard that Jonathan Corey, 30, of the Hollows, who appeared before the court on Friday, July 28th, had also lost his job. The court heard that on Monday, April 3rd this year, police stopped a vehicle driven by the defendant at Shankill Street, Lurgan, and while police were speaking to Corrie, they smelled alcohol. It was said the defendant failed a preliminary breath test. He was arrested and taken to Bambridge Custody Suite, where urine samples were taken and he was bailed pending forensic results. Tests showed 208 milligrams of alcohol in 100 millilitres of urine. The legal limit is 107. Corey's solicitor said his client had pleaded guilty at the earliest opportunity, adding he apologises to the court for his actions. He was going through a crisis at the time that he is now addressing. He works for a transport company, McBurney's. He now will lose his employment and I have confirmation from McBurney's that that is the case. He is going to suffer because of this. He hasn't been in trouble before and I ask to give him credit for that. I ask that you be as lenient as possible with him. District Judge Bernie Kelly said there will be a fine of £250 together with the offender levy. He is disqualified from driving for 12 months and remains disqualified thereafter until he sits and passes the appropriate driving test. Okay. Victim allegedly stamped on. A man's head was allegedly stamped on until he lost consciousness outside a kebab shop in Lurgan, the High Court has heard. Prosecutors claimed he was knocked to the ground as they waited for food during a night out in Lurgan. Details emerged as a 24-year-old man accused of carrying out the attack on April the 10th last year mounted an application for bail. Paul McBride of Hill Street in the town faces a charge of attempted grievous bodily harm with intent. Crown lawyer Mark Conlon said the injured party informed police he was targeted while out with his partner. They went to get food and were waiting outside a kebab shop when... This applicant allegedly assaulted him, the prosecutor submitted. He was struck to the side of the head, causing him to momentarily lose consciousness. The court heard that the man fell to the ground, sustaining injuries when his head hit a step. It was claimed that McBride kicked him as he came round and tried to get back up on his feet. He remained on the ground and was allegedly further stamped on the head by the applicant causing him to lose consciousness again. Mr Conlon added the man was taken to hospital later that morning for treatment. Opposing bail, police and the prosecution raised concerns about the proposed address. 
the application was adjourned for further inquiries to be carried out. Lord Justice Horner stressed, I want to have all the details before I make a decision. Scaled fence to escape police officers. A Craigavon man who scaled a fence to escape police has been given a three-month jail sentence term for resisting police. Colin Barry McGoon, 30, from Charlestown Road, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday via video link from McGabry Prison, charged with resisting arrest. The court heard McGoon had been sentenced in prison since June. A prosecutor said that on the 26th of July at 11.45pm, police attended Charlestown Road, arresting McGoon for a number of unrelated matters. He was cautioned and proceeded to make off from the police out of the back of the property, scaling a large fence, said the prosecutor. District Judge Bernie Kelly told McGoon's barrister, Connor Lunny, the irony is that he had not done that, so he would be facing new charges here today. Mr Lunny said it was the only charge his client faced and that if he had not committed the offence, he would not have been remanded and another judge would have been minded to give him a non-custodial outcome. As a result of him being produced to his honour Judge Lynch from custody and clearly in breach of bail on a crown matter, he was rather unimpressed and proceeded to sentence him, said Mr Lunny, adding his client would have been up for early release in February or March next year. He said he had an unenviable record. The judge said he had not resisted police in the entire scheme of what was going on at that particular event. All the other charges have now been withdrawn and it wouldn't be a feature. McGoon's three-month term was imposed to run concurrently with his existing sentence. The 54-year-old man accused of attempting to rob a Portadown chemist has been returned for Crown Court trial. Stephen Linus from Lockall Road, Portadown, appeared at Craigavon Magistrates Court via video link from McGabry Prison for a preliminary inquiry into two charges relating to an incident at Partridge Chemists in West Street on April the 24th this year. He is accused of attempting to rob Partridge's chemist of sleeping tablets and possession of an offensive weapon, namely a knife, with intent to commit robbery. The prosecution submitted those a prima facie case which was not disputed by Linus's lawyer, Richard Monteith. Linus was arraigned to appear at Craigavon Crown Court on October the 19th with pre-arraignment on October the 5th. Mr Monteith asked if the matter could not be taken sooner. This is not a complicated case, he said. He told District Judge Bernie Kelly he would liaise with the officer in charge. There was no bail application. Craigavon Magistrates Court has heard how a healthcare worker bit an ambulance worker and assaulted police who were trying to find her missing child. Maureen Brown... 39, of Dobbin Road, Portadown, appeared before the court last Friday, accused of assaulting three police officers and an ambulance worker last year. A prosecu- prosecutor told the court that on September 25, 2022, at approximately 2.24am, police were tasked to a report of a missing child at Dobbin Road. When they arrived, the reporting person, the mother, who is a defendant, was abusive towards police and reluctant to provide details. Police later located the child in Mandeville Street. The child attempted to flee from police and a passing ambulance crew offered assistance, said the prosecutor. The mother, again, was extremely abusive towards police upon return to the property. As police were leaving the property, a police officer was assaulted. It was alleged the defendant grabbed a constable on the face and dug her nails into her hands, causing them to bleed. She kicked two other constables and, while being restrained on the ground, bit the ambulance staff on her hand. She was abusive and used foul language in response to caution. Later, she indicated she couldn't remember most of the incident. 
Brown's solicitor said his client apologised to the court and regretted the incident. He reminded the court that the district judge had deferred sentencing in February with certain conditions which were breached. She was 10 days off that period, he said. She is devastated that she took alcohol and became involved in a further incident with the police. She tells me she had gone to her mummy's grave at the time between counselling for her alcohol problems. He asked the district judge for leniency, knowing, he said, her views on attacks on healthcare workers. She worked within the system, said the judge. She should be fully aware of the stress that places upon staff when there are people who behave like this towards them. By staff, I mean all members of medical emergency support team, whether that is ambulance workers or any ancillary members of staff. She should be well aware of that working within that system. The judge told Brown, I obviously did have a certain level of sympathy for your plight when I agreed to defer it in the first place. Usually what happens in this court is if you are here before me for any offences that involve bad behaviour in hospital or assaulting members of the medical or emergency support staff, it is usually straight to prison. I rarely defer. In your case, I did to give you the chance to prove to me that you could manage to turn your life around. The district judge said she understood Brown could have a relapse. Every entry on your record was committed when you were under the influence, she said. I shouldn't have to explain to you either, given your job, the profound impact it has on any member of staff being bitten. Brown was jailed for three months on each charge, all to run concurrently and with a £25 offender levy attached to the first charge. A man is jailed after theft of diesel. A man who used a wheelbarrow to transport containers of diesel he had stolen from a local haulage firm has been given a six-month jail term. Lorento Shilley, a Romanian national aged 29 from Corcrane Avenue, Portadown, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court via video, video link from Macabre Prison last Friday he pleaded guilty to burglary and three counts of theft. The court heard that on March 10 this year, Anfield Transport in Carn reported to police that two men had entered the premises and taken 300 litres of diesel from a parked lorry. Then on March 12th, Cruston Crum in Portadown reported that two men entered their premises and stole an iPhone from the canteen. On March 13, the same two men were seen walking towards Anfield Transport carrying several containers and are reported to have taken 1,000 litres of diesel. CCTV captured the diesel being placed into the containers and transported away using a wheelbarrow. On March 20th, Anfield Transport contacted police again stating the two men were on their property. Police attended and located the defendant hiding under a lorry and he was arrested. Chile's barrister, Connor Lunny, told the court that the offences are particularly nasty in the current climate when people are struggling. He added, I also accept that by virtue of the fact he went back a second time, there is clearly an element of premeditation on his behalf and I accept both those aggravating features. Mr Lunny asked the court to give his client maximum credit for his guilty plea, adding he has been on remand since the date of apprehension from March 22, which is four and a half months real time, and the equivalent of a nine-month sentence already served. He is a remaining national who hadn't actually long been in the jurisdiction when he committed these offences. District Judge Bernie Kelly said that means he must be illegal. To which Mr Lunny responded, he may well be. He didn't take that specific instruction. He hadn't been working. He hasn't any real family ties. He was the only one of the two men identified and arrested. District Judge Kelly said these are obviously very serious offences. 
I appreciate he has entered a plea of guilty for which he is entitled to credit and he has already spent quite a lengthy period of time on remand. He is entitled to have the benefit of that reflected in his sentence. He has no previous record in this jurisdiction. Nevertheless, I am bound to certify these offences as so serious there is only one penalty I can impose. The judge imposed six months custody on each of the charges, all to run concurrently with each other. There was also a compensation order in the amount of £1,891. When asked how much time he would need to pay the compensation order, Mr Lunny said he was not sure of his client's status upon this release. The district judge said that if the compensation was not paid within 20 weeks, the defendant would have to serve at least 45 days in custody for non-payment. Victim seriously injured. After a member of the public was seriously injured in an attack on Monday night, police have charged a man with possession of an offensive weapon and grievous bodily harm. The extent of the injuries sustained by the victim are unknown at this stage. A PSNI spokesperson said, Police investigating a serious assault in the Mill Street area of Tandragee yesterday, Monday the 7th of August, have charged a 61-year-old man. He has been charged with a number of offences, including grievous bodily harm with intent, threats to kill, criminal damage and possession of an offensive weapon. He is expected to to appear before Armagh Magistrates Court sitting in Newry on Tuesday the 29th of August. As is usual procedure, all charges will be reviewed by the Public Prosecution Service. A man who is accused of the non-fatal strangulation of a woman in Portadown was denied bail when he appeared at Craigavon Magistrates Court by a video link from McGabry Prison. Rafael Gorilkovich, aged 42, a Polish national of no fixed abode in Portadown, is facing a charge of non-fatal strangulation or asphyxiation, two charges of criminal damage and one charge of assault occasioning actual bodily harm. District Judge Bernie Kelly described the charge of non-fatal strangulation as a relatively new charge before courts when she was responding to Gorilkovich's barrister's plea for his client's release on bail. She told the court, I think we do have to send clear messages out to anyone who comes forward, particularly for this alleged level of domestic violence, that we will support them and protect them as far as we can, so I am not acceding to his bail application. Gorilkovich is accused of assaulting a woman on July the 24th this year, causing her actual bodily harm. He was further charged with intentionally choking the same woman on the same date with the intention of affecting her ability to breathe or restrict the blood flow to her brain under Section 28 of the Justice Sexual Offences and Trafficking Victims Act Northern Ireland 2022. He also faces a charge of damaging an iPad belonging to the same victim on July the 24th this year and damaging her mobile phone on March the 8th this year. A bail application by Gorilkovich's lawyer was opposed by the PSNI. The investigating officer told the court the reason police were objecting to bail was that the defendant had no fixed abode. District Judge Mrs Kelly said she could not regard him as a suitable candidate for bail without an address. Defence Barrister Conor Lunny asked if the court would consider granting bail subject to an approved hostel address. District judge said she realised the Simon community needed the defendant to appeal before they could offer a place. Gorilkovich's barrister said that was the plan and perhaps his client might be one of the lucky ones, adding, he does have friends in the local area, but his phone became damaged during this incident and fell down the toilet and it is now water damaged. I only first talked to my client this morning, last Friday, through the help of a friend and the interpreter. This is the first real contact he has had with anybody since last week. The PSNI officer outlined further objections, including a risk of further offending in regards to the injured party and possible interference with the injured party. Questioning the officer, Mr Looney said, this time last week, 
It was suggested that no formal statement had been taken from the complainant. Is that still the case? The officer told the court that a formal statement had been taken from the complainant by an officer in Lurgan, adding, there may be a need for a further statement from the witness, obviously with an interpreter. Mr Looney said, regarding the complainant, is it correct to say that she was intoxicated at the time police called out originally to the house? And the officer replied, yes. The barrister asked if a Simon Community hostel space away from the Lurgan and Portadown areas were to be found, would it allay police fears of interference? The officer said if it was well out of the district, it would be considered. Mr Looney said, The injured party is well known to me because of the frequency of which she had made similar complaints. The district judge said uh, she understood that. While I can appreciate partly the point you are making, she said, there are enough studies to say that, unfortunately, victims of domestic violence can take a long time and go through quite a substantial bit before they finally get around to taking any action. Mr Lunny said there was a less than certain chance of the witness coming to court, given the history. The district judge said he has never faced the non-fatal strangulation charge before because it's new and this may be the incident that encourages her. The concern I have on the other side of those scales is he may attempt, if released on bail, to try and dissuade her from either engaging or continuing to engage with the criminal justice process. Mrs Kelly pointed out that the police officer said she could get a file to the PPS fairly promptly. I am concerned about the risk of interfering with witnesses and from that there is the risk of further offending. Obviously he can appeal that to the High Court in the first instance but I will obviously keep that position under review as we go forward, that the file is progressing with the PPS and worked through. This is a very new offence. I am not sure what the PPS's view will be in terms of jurisdiction. I am going to take a remand until September the 1st, subject to the outcome of any appeal. Mrs Kelly urged the PSNI's investigating officer to ensure that all files were given to the PPS promptly. A 61-year-old man has pleaded guilty to sexually assaulting another patient while at Craigavon Area Hospital. Kieran Peter Connolly of Constabulary House, Russell Street, Armagh, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday, charged with sexual assault on a woman on July 16th last year. Connolly's barrister revealed his client had been sectioned and was in the Bluestone unit at Craigavon Hospital when the offence occurred. When District Judge Bernie Kelly asked if the victim had been a member of staff, the barrister said it had been another patient. The District Judge ordered a pre-sentence report. This is a serious enough charge and committed against another resident in the unit, she said. She asked a probation officer in court if, given there was already a pre-sentence report from a Crown Court case involving the defendant, that a report could be prepared in four weeks rather than six. He agreed and the case has been adjourned until September 1st. MP rejects notion of DUP split over Stormont boycott. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart is among those to have rubbished any notion of a DUP split on the issue of a return to Stormont. Amid media speculation that the party top brass might be mulling over an end to its boycott of the institutions in protest against the Northern Ireland Protocol, Ms Lockhart rejected the idea of a split but said it would be foolish to imagine there would not be a conversation on the issue. William Crawley said on his BBC Radio Ulster show, Talk Back last Thursday, some within the party want to get back into government here. Others want to hold the line as part of their opposition to the Windsor framework. That's what we're learning from briefings many of us are getting from within the DUP, suggesting a party that's divided along this question. And a leader, Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, is stuck in the middle of a minefield. The Belfast newsletter subsequently sought the views of a number of DUP figures, Miss Lockhart among them. The newsletter reported the Upper Ban MP initially directed the inquiry to the DUP's press office, but when pressed, insisted 
There is absolutely no split and the party will move forward on a united footing and front. Asked if presumably that meant not going back into Stormont, she said, We have structures within the party. The party is in negotiations with Her Majesty's Government and then it will be for the leader to bring it to party officers. Party officers will discuss it, come to a position and we will move from there. Of the idea that at least a conversation need to be had about returning to Stormont, she added, I think it would be foolish to think that conversation isn't going to, you know, happen. Of course, as a party, we will decide on a way forward, the route map forward together, united and making sure we can get the best deal for Northern Ireland and the people of Northern Ireland. Asked for her own view on returning to Stormont or maintaining the boycott, she said, how could you give a view until you know what is actually on the table? It is for the party to continue negotiations and then to come to a united decision. And just to be absolutely clear, there is no split in the DUP and we will move forward together. As to who could be briefing journalists that there is such a split, I haven't a clue. MP Opens Advice Centre Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart has spoken of her delight after officially opening her new advice centre on the Armagh Road in Portadown. The DUP representative said, It is fantastic to be opening a permanent base in Portadown, offering my constituency service on a full-time basis to the people of the surrounding area. Since becoming an MP, I have had a huge amount of contact from the people in Portadown, and I wanted to build upon this by having an easily accessible local office. This is now the case. Appointments are advisable, but anyone can call in if passing, and my staff and I will only be too happy to help in any way we can. The office will operate on a full-time basis from 9am to 5pm, and is contactable by the number 28 0088. You can also drop in or email. Ms Lockhart said serving the community was a priority for her as an MP. The new office is at 5 Datos Business Park, 20 Armagh Road, Portadown, which is opposite the GO service station. Deaths in the community. Jean Quantic of Cannington, formerly of Portadown, Northern Ireland, passed away peacefully on the 29th of July, aged 87 years. Beloved sister of John Walsh, Jean will be sadly missed by all her family and friends. Funeral service at Cannington United Reformed Church on Wednesday the 16th of August. Stephen Wright, 3rd of August 2023. Suddenly, dearly loved husband of Ruth, 74 Dobbin Road, Portadown, dear father of Christine and Jonathan, father-in-law of James and Sharon, grandfather of Theodore, Leah, Martha and Chloe, son of Irma and the late Harry Wright and brother of Diane and John, interred in Kernan Cemetery on Monday the 7th of August. Summer sale. Save up to half price on men's clothing and footwear. Many new lines added. SD Kells, Portadown, 38338786, Bambridge, 40662429, Lurgan, 38325358, www.sdkells.co.uk. 2J's International Fashions, Final Clearance. 70% off all stock. Sale starts Thursday, 10th of August. Call in NAR and don't miss out. Robert Street, Lurgan. Telephone 028-3832-6911. Jamie inspired to raise 2000. A Lurgan man's inspiration for taking on the seriously tough Northern Ireland Ultra Marathon is his wife who lives with the challenging illness of diabetes. Jamie Collins recently took on the Northern Iron Ultramarathon in a bid to raise funds for Diabetes UK. 
After months of hard work and dedication through a strenuous training schedule, Jamie tackled the challenge head-on and raised £2,312 for the charity. Jamie thanks his family, friends, sponsors for all their support and encouragement. My wife is my inspiration for taking on this challenge for Diabetes UK, he said. She faces the struggle of living with this condition and I'm sure many people will know someone who does live with diabetes. Diabetes is a serious condition where blood glucose level is too high. As well as providing support and information, Diabetes UK also gets involved in fundraising, campaigning to improve local diabetes services, planning social events and outings and running awareness-raising activities. The organisation has invested in more than £66 million into diabetes research over the last decade alone. Thanks to donations and it believes it is getting closer to a cure, its website has comprehensive information about the condition as well as suggestions on how best to live with it. See diabetes.org.uk Sport. Every time Ross Redmond walks the 20 or so steps between Portadown's home dressing room and the Shamrock Park Players Tunnel, he covers a span of a 16-year Irish league career in a matter of moments. Images of past glory days for the most successful club outside Belfast decorate the walls of that port's inner sanctum with the aim to inspire. Highlights, including those featuring Redmond in the role of both Portadown, fan and player. Now 33 years old, Redmond returned to his roots this summer by coming back to the club where it all started. Having made his debut for the Ports as a teenager, the defender clocked up over 350 appearances before expanding the CV at Glentoran, Dungannon Swifts and Ballymena United. His Portadown medal collection includes a championship triumph title from 2009 following Portadown's shock relegation for failure to meet an application deadline. Now he is aiming to repeat the second-tier success at the first time of asking in his second spell with the Ports. Redmond's formative years were spent in Ports Red, but now he returns as a husband, father and experienced player, keen to give back. The conversation was about helping Portadown out as best I can, he said. I don't feel like my days are numbered. Portadown began life back in the championship by getting the better of Dergview, winning 3-2 at Dara Park, with the goals coming from Caelan Coyle, Eamon Fife and Paul McElroy. Warren Feeney was joking on Saturday about stealing drinks of Coke from the Oval Bar as a boy during childhood visits to Glen Torn with his father. In celebratory mood, moments after beating Glenavon, it would be a disservice to call the manner of that victory robbery for Feeney's men in his first Irish league, league match as Glen's manager. But what is true is that it did finish with a sense of injustice for host Glenavon after Jay Donnelly scored the game's only goal nine minutes into added time, two beyond the original number held up by the fourth official. Feeney signalled that he was delighted to get over a very tough hurdle at Mournview. You always know the first game of the season is going to be tough, said Feeney. People were saying Glenavon was a bogey team for us last year, but I said to the boys, we're a new animal. We've got to change the mentality. It's no disrespect to anyone else, but the demands here are massive. And it showed out here today. We kept going and going. People think football is just 90 minutes, but it's not. It's 90 minutes plus, and our fitness levels looked great. And 1-0 is the best scoreline in football. There were gasps among supporters when the fourth official indicated that there would be seven minutes of time added on. So it was even more cruel for Glenavon to lose as the match entered the ninth added minute when they seemed set to pick up a point. The Lurgan Blues will hope to bounce back this Saturday, August 12th, when they travel to Solitude to take on Cliftonville. Dream Premiership return for Loch Gaul. 
Local assistant manager Andy Smith believes the club is reaping the rewards for showing faith in players that helped book their top flight return as they started life back in the Sports Direct Premiership with a resounding 3-0 victory over Newry City on Saturday. The villagers could barely have dreamed of making a better start with Caelan Lochran Brace and Nathaniel Ferris penalty putting the visitors three up inside 26 minutes at the showgrounds. Ten of the starting 11 selected by Smith taking charge in the absence of his brother Dean due to personal reasons played a part in the Loch Goals Championship title run last season during which they kept a record 19 clean sheets, only lost 7 of 38 matches and scored 76 goals. That defensive solidity was on show once again in their first Premiership appearance since 2007 and Smith says the coaching staff have full belief in the squad that they've assembled at Lakeview Park. Goalscorer Ferris was superb in the first half but perhaps fortunate to stay on the pitch after committing a foul while already on a yellow. He was replaced by Benji McGee at the break and Smith says they couldn't risk being reduced to 10 men with three points all but secured. Tottenham legend Jimmy Greaves once said football's a funny old game and that was certainly true for Benji Igeman who after leaving Portadown early this summer scored a hat-trick against his former side as a trialist before signing for Ballymacash Rangers. The 29-year-old moved to Shamrock Park in January from Dundella, joining former boss Niall Curry in his quest for premiership survival and made 11 top-flight appearances before the Ports ultimately suffered relegation in their penultimate fixture. His standout contribution was undoubtedly scoring the winning goal in a dramatic 4-3 victory over Newry City as his substitute pounced in the 94th minute of an absolute thriller. All of his Ports league showings came from the bench, and after deciding to go in pursuit of more playing time, Igian landed at Ballymacash with boss Lee Forsyth determined to land his signature. As fate would have it, that first trial match came in a friendly against Portadown, where Forsyth's instincts were proven correct, as Igian, or trialist A, as he was known that afternoon, netted a hat-trick. Gary Boyle wasn't in the mood for excuses after his first match in charge of Newry City ended with a 3-0 defeat to Loch Gaul. Replacing Darren Mullen after a decade at the showgrounds helm, new boss Boyle watched on as the hosts conceded three times in the first half Villagers Blitz. Boyle handed four players their club debuts with Adam Sally, Georgie Poynton, Dara Owens and Lee Newell all starting while Barney McCune was also included as he began a second spell with Newry after rejoining from Portadown this summer. He was also dealt the bit bitter blow of young gun Donald Scullion, being pulled from the team less than 45 minutes before kickoff. But Boyle has challenged his side to react when they travelled to Carrick Rangers on Saturday. Kieran O'Connor and Liam Bagnell, two further summer signings, were introduced in the second half but Boyle rejected the notion that it will take time for the new faces to gel. A bad day at the office was further compounded when Thomas Lockhart was shown a straight red card in the dying minutes. Cameron Dye delighted with first coach trophy win. When James Cameron Dye was brought in as Waringstown's new player coach, he was expecting to do much more of the latter than the former but he's now celebrating winning a fourth Gallagher Challenge Cup. The 33-year-old had helped CIYMS dominate club cricket before arriving at the lawn during the winter and was determined to take more of a backseat when it came to playing duties, instead preferring to let the next generation of stars find their feet. But as injuries and representative selections mounted, Cameron Dye was called into action and has more than delivered with Captain Greg Thompson crediting him 
for allowing his own form to flourish by taking a huge workload off the club skipper. He's also now hoping to help the County Down outfit in their first pursuit of a 7th Irish Senior Cup crown next weekend. And he's delighted to have played his part both on and off the pitch as Waringstown lifted the Gallagher Challenge Cup following victory over Carrick Fergus. Friday's triumph also marks Cameron Dow's first trophy success as a coach which is undoubtedly a special moment in his burgeoning new career. Ideally, it was just meant to be coach, but I've been a player coach now, he added. It's my first trophy as coach, so I'm very happy with that. The villagers have their sights on setting on set on adding more trophies to the collection, and Cameron Dye feels this could develop into a campaign to remember have to play good cricket for the next three or four weeks to be in with a chance of winning the league as well as Irish Cup and 2020 Cup. Hopefully we can do that and it could turn into a really special season. News summary. The Public Health Agency, PHA, has launched a new service for young people aimed at improving their sexual health and well-being and helping reduce the number of new sexually transmitted infections, known as STIs, diagnoses in Northern Ireland. The C-Card scheme is a confidential sexual health service for 16 to 25-year-olds. Once registered, each young person will receive a credit card-style card that will enable them to avail of free condoms and lubricant, information support and advice at convenient times and in a variety of locations including many youth organisations. Barbara Porter, Health and Social Wellbeing Improvement Manager at the PHA said, When used correctly during sexual interactions, condoms are the only type of protection that help prevent both STIs and pregnancy. As STIs continue to rise in Northern Ireland, we hope that this service will reduce the number of young people contracting unwanted infections and having unplanned pregnancy. We also know that for some young people, it can be embarrassing to walk into their local shop and purchase condoms. By providing this service in a range of convenient locations and ensuring it is discreet and confidential, young people can avail of access to sexual health services without feeling awkward. Once a C-card is issued, the young person is entitled to an agreed number of supplies for free. After receiving supplies an agreed number of times, the young person must return to the registration site where their circumstances, sexual health and medical needs will be reviewed. Further information is available at www.sexualhealthni.info. The PHA says it is also important to know how to look after your sexual health. For example having the knowledge and confidence to make good choices about if and when to have sex and being able to talk about contraception and condoms, being aware of how alcohol and drugs can affect decision-making. Barbara added, If you are sexually active, using condoms is an important part of taking care of your sexual health. People with STIs don't always have symptoms, but by having unprotected sex, You could effectively be sleeping with everyone your partner has ever slept with, putting you at risk of getting an STI. We are urging people to always use a condom. If there is a chance you have contracted an STI, get tested. Portadown-based firm Thompson Aeroseating has announced the appointment of Keith Anderson as its new CEO. Outgoing CEO Neil Taggart is leaving Thompson to take up a new role. Andy Morris, Chief Commercial Officer at Thompson, added, Everyone at Thompson would like to thank Neil for his exceptional dedication to the business over the last five years. Mr Anderson said, I am excited about the prospect of guiding Thompson Aeroseating in the next part of its journey. As a leading and inspirational aircraft seating designer and manufacturer, the company has a hugely talented workforce and ambitious plans for growth. Waterstones, the famous bookstore, is opening a new outlet at Rushmere Shopping Centre in Craigavon. 
and it is advertising for new staff. It is great news for Rushmere, which was recently bought over by a local firm. Waterstones, which was established in 1982, has more than 300 stores across the UK, Ireland and Europe. Attracting this brand would be a great coup for Rushmere, which has been buzzing even more since Premark opened its doors last December. It is not known exactly when the bookstore will open, but it is thought it will be in September this year. Rushmere Shopping Centre said, We are hiring. Coming soon to Rushmere, an exciting new shop packed full of books, games and gifting. Book selling is central to everything we do at Waterstones. Our teams are made up of independently minded people who share a wide range of life experiences and an abiding love of books. We're looking for staff who want to be part of our team for the long term, full time or part time. If you have what it takes and are fully flexible, including evenings and weekends, please send a CV and cover letter to fiona.o'hare at waterstones.com stating in the subject whether you are interested in full or part time. Closing date 17th August. Currently, there are Waterstone stores at the Keys in Urie in the northwest at Foyle Side, two stores in Belfast, and one in Lisburn. Previously, Easton's was an anchor tenant at Rushmere Shopping Centre, but it closed in 2018. Fresh advice given amid MOT backlog. Authorities are offering fresh guidance to motorists on how to stay street legal after reports that MOT backlogs mean there are no tests available until November. The guidance was given after UUP infrastructure spokesman John Stewart reported motorists were being told the next available test dates were now some three months away. The MOT backlog has been no surprise to anyone, Mr Stewart said. The problems began in January 2020 after lift faults were discovered in 48 out of 55 test centres. This was followed by the closure of MOT centres in response to the pandemic, going from almost 1 million tests in 2019-20 to under 200,000 the year after. Despite a record number of tests from September 22 to February 23, there are still extensive delays. The backlog is now resulting in some drivers facing untaxed vehicle fines from being unable to tax their vehicles due to not having an MOT test carried out. Mr Stewart added, calling for the reintroduction of a temporary exemption certificate as used at the height of pandemic measures. PSNI said they would be understanding with responsible drivers in such circumstances. Roads Policing Superintendent said DVA will make every effort to secure an MOT test date for any motorists whose MOT is due to expire. In the event, police encounter a vehicle with no current MOT so long as we can ascertain that a vehicle is roadworthy, has forthcoming MOT test date, and is not sworn, then police will not take any further action. A Department for Infrastructure spokesman said anyone who had already booked an appointment could check regularly for earlier slots, which are released daily and can be booked via NI Direct. If someone who has booked an appointment gets to within five days of the expiry date of their certificate, they should contact DVA Customer Services at infrastructure-ni.gov.uk, who will do their best to get an urgent appointment for the vehicle. The DVA is now exceeding pre-COVID MOT test levels, conducting over 1.15 million in 22-23, the highest number ever recorded in a year. A programme has been launched in the Armagh, Bambridge and Craigavon Council area aimed at helping young people to find work. Thursday the 27th of July marked the official launch of the new programme for young people, Youth Start, 
which will support over 2,200 young people throughout Northern Ireland over the next two years. That's 2023 to 25. This youth employability programme, which is founded on a youth work approach, aims to build young people's skills for life, learning and work. Youth Start, which has been launched locally by Youth Action, has received £6 million from the UK government through the UK Shared Prosperity Fund. Focusing on young people aged 16 to 30 who are economically inactive and furthest from the labour market, this intervention will provide support to build confidence, employability skills, life skills and improve opportunities to enter and sustain employment. Highly skilled staff will provide an extensive holistic approach tailored to individual needs. Young people will have the opportunity to take part in social actions, team building, gain qualifications, avail of supported work experiences and develop CV and interview skills. The Youth Start Consortium consists of seven leading youth work charities, all experienced in providing transformative intervention support that meets the needs of young people. Together, the consortium will support young people across all 11 council areas within Northern Ireland, responding to local needs and tackling the government's asks of addressing the high levels of economic inactivity across Northern Ireland. Lead partner Youth Action NI's CEO, Martin McMullen, says, The launch of Youth Start is extremely significant. It will impact the lives of over 2,000 young people throughout Northern Ireland. Being able to provide this level of extensive employability support to young people is crucial, as by investing in our young people now will have a significant impact in the future. This programme will allow us to tackle the high levels of economic activity and provide opportunities for young people to live a fulfilling life. Tributes have been paid to well-known Portadown community worker David Cook, who has died peacefully in hospital. Mr Cook has been the stalwart of the community in Edgarstown area for many years, helping in the community centre and organising events. He is particularly active delivering care packages during pandemic lockdowns. Edgarstown Residents Association said, We are deeply saddened to learn of the passing of our friend, and former chairperson Derek Cook. Upper Ban MLA Jonathan Buckley said, I counted Derek as a friend, a good man whose heart was in the bettering in bettering his community. To lose both Derek and Phyllis Abraham in a short space of time is really hard to take. My thoughts and prayers are with Derek's family and friends. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart said, first and foremost, My thoughts are very much with Derek's family and friends. It is such a huge loss and my sympathy is very much with them at this difficult time. Shelbourne gears up for growth with new officer. Shelbourne Motors, which employs more than 150 staff at sites in Portadown and Newry, has appointed Alan Thompson as its first ever Chief Operations Officer. The appointment is part of Shelbourne Growth Plan in its 50th year of business that includes a three million capital investment programme across its multi-franchise retail sites. Alan will be asked with spearhead heading the company's growth strategy. He will oversee the day-to-day administrative and operational functions of the business. He brings more than 27 years' experience and expertise in the automotive industry where he has worked across various departments in key leadership and business departmental roles. The three million capital investment by Shelbourne includes a major programme of renovations and upgrades across its franchise dealerships in Portadown and Newry, in line with each manufacturer's latest retail and customer service concepts. Shelbourne Motors was founded by the Ward family in 1973 and sells more than 5,000 new and used cars annually. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. 
Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Michaels for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Patricia and Ken. Our technician was Michael and reading with me this week were Moira and Ewell. From the newsroom at the Old Manse, this is Roberta signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet and memory stick. Please do not use a post office counter in a shop, but use a post box to avoid damage to the wallet. Sound News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production.